Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 199. One of the things that makes God, God, is that he cares deeply about justice, about what's right and good and fair. And in the story of Jeremiah and all his prophecies against the people of Judah and Israel at the time, one of the common themes we hear over and over again is that the people were not doing justice. They were disregarding God's laws regarding the poor, regarding the widow, the orphan, the immigrant. They were doing all kinds of things that were absolutely against what God says is the right thing to do and how to treat people, especially those who are most vulnerable. And so in our passage today, we hear this theme again. We hear God's promise of restoration, even though he brings judgment on those who do injustice and evil. And he also shows us in our passages today in Psalm 77 and James 2, what it looks like to do justice and how to handle those times when it feels like justice isn't being done. So let's jump in Jeremiah 21 to 23, Psalm 77, and then James 2. Jeremiah 21. The Lord spoke to Jeremiah when King Zedekiah sent to him Pasher, son of Malchijah, and the priest Sevaniah, son of Messiah. Zedekiah sent them to Jeremiah to ask, Please ask the Lord to come and help us. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon is attacking us. Maybe the Lord will perform one of his miracles as in times past and make him stop attacking us and leave. Jeremiah answered them, Tell Zedekiah that the Lord, the God of Israel, says, The forces at your disposal are now outside the walls fighting against King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon and the Babylonians who have you under siege. I will gather those forces back inside the city. In anger, in fury, and in wrath, I myself will fight against you with my mighty power and great strength. I will kill everything living in Jerusalem, people and animals alike. They will die from terrible diseases. Then I, the Lord, promise that I will hand over King Zedekiah of Judah, his officials, and any of the people who survived the war, starvation and disease. I will hand them over to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon and to their enemies who want to kill them. He will slaughter them with the sword. He will not show them any mercy, compassion, or pity. But tell the people of Jerusalem that the Lord says, I will give you a choice between two courses of action. One will result in life, and the other will result in death. Those who stay in the city will die in battle or of starvation or disease. Those who leave the city and surrender to the Babylonians who are besieging it will live. They will escape with their lives. For I, the Lord, say that I am determined not to deliver this city, but to bring disaster on it. It will be handed over to the king of Babylon, and he will destroy it with fire. And the Lord told me to say to the royal court of Judah, Listen to the Lord's message. A royal family descended from David. The Lord says, See to it that people each day are judged fairly. Deliver those who have been robbed from those who oppress them. Otherwise, my wrath will blaze out against you. It will burn like a fire that cannot be put out because of the evil that you have done. Listen, you who sit enthroned above the valley on a rocky plateau. I am opposed to you, says the Lord. You boast, no one can swoop down on us. No one can penetrate into our places of refuge. 
But I will punish you as your deeds deserve, says the Lord. I will set fire to your palace. It will burn up everything around it. The Lord told me to say, Go down to the palace of the king of Judah. Give him a message from me there, saying, Listen, O king of Judah, who follows in David's succession. You, your officials, and your subjects who pass through the gates of this palace must listen to the Lord's message. The Lord says, Do what is just and right. Deliver those who have been robbed from those who oppress them. Do not exploit or mistreat resident foreigners who live in your land, children who have no fathers, or widows. Do not kill innocent people in this land. If you are careful to obey these commands, then the kings who follow in David's succession and ride in chariots and on, or on horses will continue to come through the gates of this palace as their officials and their subjects, as will their officials and subjects. But if you do not obey these commands, I solemnly swear that this place will become a pile of rubble. I, the Lord, affirm it. For the Lord says concerning the palace of the king of Judah, This place looks like a veritable forest of Gilead to me. It's like the wooded heights of Lebanon in my eyes. But I swear that I will make it like a wilderness whose towns have all been deserted. I will send men against it to destroy it with their axes and hatchets. They will hack up its fine cedar panels and columns and throw them into the fire. People from other nations will pass by the city. They will ask one another, Why has the Lord done such a thing to this great city? The answer will come back. It is because they broke their covenant with the Lord their God and worshipped and served other gods. Do not weep for the king who was killed. Do not grieve for him, but weep mournfully for the king who has gone into exile, for he will never return to see his native land again. For the Lord has spoken about Shalom, son of Josiah, who succeeded his father as king of Judah, but was carried off in exile. He has said, He will never return to this land, for he will die in the country where they took him as captive. He will never see this land again. Sure to be judged is the king who builds his palace using injustice and treats people unfairly while adding its upper rooms. He makes his countrymen work for him for nothing. He does not pay them for their labor. He says, I will build myself a large palace with spacious upper rooms. He cuts windows in its walls, panels, with, panels it with cedar, and paints its rooms red. Does it make you any more of a king that you outstrip everyone else in building with cedar? Just think about your father. He was content that he had food and drink. He did what was just and right, so things went well with him. He upheld the cause of the poor and needy, so things went well for Judah. The Lord says, That is a good example of what it means to know me. But you are always thinking and looking for ways to increase your wealth by dishonest means. Your eyes and your heart are set out on killing some innocent people and committing fraud and oppression. So the Lord has this to say about Josiah's son, King Jehoiakim, of Judah. People will not mourn for him, saying, This makes me sad, my brother. This makes me sad, my sister. They will not mourn for him, saying, Poor, poor Lord. Poor, poor majesty. He will be left unburied, just like a dead donkey. His body will be dragged off and thrown outside the gates of Jerusalem. People of Jerusalem, go up to Lebanon and cry out in mourning. Go to the land of Bashan and cry out loudly. Cry out in mourning for the mountains of Moab, for your allies have all been defeated. While you were feeling secure, I gave you warning, but you said, I refuse to listen to you. That is the way you have acted from your earliest history onward. Indeed, you have never paid attention to me. My judgment will carry off all your leaders like a storm wind. Your allies will also go into captivity. Then you will certainly be disgraced and be put to shame because of all the wickedness you have done. 
You may feel as secure as a bird nesting in the cedars of Lebanon, but oh, how you will groan when the pains of judgment come on you. They will be like those of a woman giving birth to a baby. And the Lord says, As surely as I am the living God, you, Jeconiah, king of Judah, son of Jehoiakim, will not be the earthly representative of my authority. Indeed, I will take that right away from you. I will hand you over to those who want to take your life and of whom you you are afraid. I will hand you over to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon and his Babylonian soldiers. I will force you and your mother who gave you birth into exile. You will be exiled in a country where neither of you were born, and you will both die there. You will never come back to this land that you will long to return to. This man, Jeconiah, will be like a broken pot someone threw away. He will be like a clay vessel that no one wants. Why will he and his children be forced into exile? Why will they be thrown out into the country they know nothing about? O land, O land, O land of Judah, listen to the Lord's message. The Lord says, Enroll this man in the register as though he were childless. Enroll him as a man who will not enjoy success during his lifetime. For none of his sons will succeed in occupying the throne of David or ever succeed in ruling over Judah. The Lord says, The leaders of my people are sure to be judged. They were supposed to watch over my people like shepherds watch over their sheep, but they are causing my people to be destroyed and scattered. So the Lord God of Israel has this to say about the leaders who are ruling over his people. You have caused my people to be dispersed and driven into exile. You have not taken care of them, so I will punish you for the evil that you have done. I, the Lord, affirm it. Then I myself will regather those of my people who are still alive from all the countries where I have driven them. I will bring them back to their homeland. They will greatly increase in number. I will install rulers over them who will care for them. Then they will no longer need to fear or be terrified. None of them will turn up missing. I, the Lord, promise it. I, the Lord, promise that a new time will certainly come when I will raise up for them a righteous branch, a descendant of David. He will rule over them with wisdom and understanding and will do what is just and right in the land. Under his rule, Judah will enjoy safety and Israel will live securely. That is the name he will go by. The Lord has provided us with justice. So I, the Lord, say, a new time will certainly come. People now affirm their oaths with, I swear as surely as the Lord lives who delivered the people out of Egypt. But at that time, they will affirm them They will affirm them with this oath. I swear as surely as the Lord lives who delivered the descendants of the former nation of Israel from the land of the north and from all the other lands where he had banished them. At that time, they will live in their own land. Here is what the Lord says concerning the false prophets. My heart and my mind are deeply disturbed. I tremble all over. I am like a drunk person, like a person who has too much wine because of the way the Lord and his holy word are being mistreated. For the land is full of people unfaithful to him. They live wicked lives and they misuse their power. So the land is dried up because it is under his curse. The pasture in the wilderness are wi- pastures in the wilderness are withered. Moreover, the Lord says, both the prophets and the priests are godless. I have even found them doing evil in my temple. So the paths they follow will be dark and slippery. They will stumble and fall headlong, for I will bring disaster on them. A day of reckoning is coming for them. The Lord affirms it. The Lord says, I saw the prophets of Samaria doing something that was disgusting. They prophesied in the name of the god Baal and led my people Israel astray. But I see the prophets of Jerusalem doing something just as shocking. 
They are unfaithful to me and continually prophesy lies. They, so they give a encouragement to people who are doing evil, with the result that they do not stop their evil doing. I consider all of them as bad as the people of Sodom, and the citizens of Jerusalem as bad as the people of Gomorrah. So then, I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have something to say concerning the prophets of Jerusalem. I will make these prophets eat the bitter food of suffering and drink the poison water of judgment. For the prophets of Jerusalem are the reason the, uh, that ungodliness has spread throughout the land. The Lord of heaven's army says to the people of Jerusalem, Do not listen to what these prophets are saying to you. They are filling you with false hopes. They are reporting visions of their own imaginations, not something that the Lord has given them to say. They continually say to those who reject the Lord, to, to who reject what the Lord has said, Things will go well for you. They say all the, to all those who follow the stubborn inclinations of their own hearts, nothing bad will happen to you. Yet which of them has ever stood in the Lord's inner circle so they could see and hear what he has to say? Which of them have ever paid attention or listened to what God has said? But just watch it. The wrath of the Lord will come like a storm, like a raging storm it will rage down on the heads of those who are wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has fully carried out his intended purposes. In future days, you people will come to understand this dearly, this clearly. I did not send those prophets, yet they were in a hurry to give their message. I did not tell them anything, yet they prophesied anyway. But if they had stood in my inner circle, they would have proclaimed my message to my people. They would have caused my people to turn from their wicked ways and stop doing evil things that are, they are doing. Do you people think I am some local deity and not the transcendent God? The Lord asks. Do you really think anyone can hide himself where I cannot see him? The Lord asks. Do you not know that I am everywhere? The Lord asks. The Lord says, I have heard what these prophets who are prophesying lies in my name are saying. They are saying, I have had a dream. I have had a dream. Those prophets are just prophesying lies. They are prophesying the delusions of their own minds. How long will they go on plotting to make my people forget who I am through their dreams? They tell one another. That is just as bad as what their ancestors did when they forgot who I am by worshipping the god Baal. Let the prophet who has had a dream go ahead and tell his dream. Let the person who has received my message report, what my, report that message faithfully. What is like straw cannot compare to what is like grain. I, the Lord God, affirm it. My message is like a fire that purges dross. It's like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces. I, the Lord, so affirm it. So I, the Lord, affirm that I am opposed to those prophets who steal messages from one another that they claim are from me. I, the Lord, affirm that I am opposed to those prophets who are using their own tongues to declare the Lord declares. The Lord, I, the Lord, affirm that I am opposed to those prophets who dream up lies and report them. They are misleading my people with their reckless lies. I did not send them. I did not commission them. They are not helping these people at all. I, the Lord, affirm it. The Lord said to me, Jeremiah, when one of these people or a prophet or a priest asks, asks you, what burdensome message do you have from the Lord? Tell them, you are the burden and I will cast you away. I, the Lord, affirm it. I will punish any prophet, priest, or other person who says the Lord's message is burdensome. I will punish both that person and his whole family. So I, Jeremiah, tell you, each of you people should say to his friend or his relative, How did the Lord answer? Or what did the Lord say? You must no longer say that the Lord's message is burdensome, for what is burdensome really pertains to what a person himself says. 
You are misrepresenting the words of our God, the living God, the Lord of heaven's armies. Each of you should merely ask the prophet, What answer did the Lord give you? Or, What did the Lord say? But just suppose you continue to say, The message of the Lord is burdensome. Here is what the Lord says will happen. I sent word to you that you must not say the Lord's message is burdensome. But you use the words, the Lord's message is burdensome anyway. So I will carry you far off and throw you away. I will send both of you and the city I gave to you and and to your ancestors out of my sight. I will bring on you lasting shame and lasting disgrace that will never be forgotten. So there it is, Jeremiah warning the people again about all the evil and justice they were doing that would lead to their exile, their death, God's judgment on them. And we see that they are facing a hard and difficult time, but they're still not turning back to God. In contrast, we read Psalm 77, where the psalmist writing here is basically Jaduthan, a, a, a member of the Asa, a family of Asaph, and he's calling out to God in the midst of distress and heartache, but he calls out to God in a very different tone, a one in which he listens to God and trusts God, even though he doesn't feel God's nearness. And this is a psalm of lament in the midst of hardship and pain. Psalm 77. For the music director, Jaduthan, a psalm of Asaph. I will cry out to God and call for help. I will cry out to God and he will pay attention to me. In my time of trouble, I sought the Lord. I kept my hand raised in prayer throughout the night. I refused to be comforted. I said, I will remember God while I groan. I will think about him while my strength leaves me. You held my eyelids open. I was troubled and could not speak. I thought about the days of old, about ancient times. I said, during the night, I will remember the song I once sang. I will think, it, I will think very carefully. I tried to make sense of what was happening. I asked, will the Lord reject me forever? Will he never again show me his favor? Has his loyal love disappeared forever? Has his promise failed forever? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has his anger stifled his compassion? Then I said, I'm sickened by the thought that the Most High might become inactive. I will remember the works of the Lord. Yes, I will remember the amazing things you did long ago. I will think about all you have done. I will reflect upon your deeds. O oh God, your deeds are extraordinary. What God can compare to, your great, to our great God? You are the God who does amazing things. You have revealed your strength among the nations. You delivered your people by your strength, the children of Jacob and Joseph. The water saw you, O oh God. The water saw you and trembled. Yes, the depths of the sea shook with fear. The clouds poured down rain. The skies thundered. Yes, your arrows flashed about. Your thunderous voice was heard in the wind. The lightning bolts lit up the world. The earth trembled and shook. You walked through the sea, you passed through the surging waters, but left no footprints. You led your people like a flock of sheep by the hand of Moses and Aaron. What an amazing uh, crying out to God in honesty about the pain and sorrow of the darkness of the person's heart and soul in this time, and yet turns to God and says, I'm going to trust you because I know what you've done in the past, and I know that you will come through and keep your promise. You are that kind of faithful God. And it's to that kind of loving, faithful God that we turn now to the book of James and read James chapter 2, where James basically continues to unpack and show us what loving God and loving other people looks like, what it means to do right and good, what it means to do justice. James chapter 2. My brothers and sisters, do not show prejudice if you possess faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. For if someone comes into your assembly wearing a gold ring and fine clothing and a poor person enters in filthy clothes, Do you pay attention to the one who is finely dressed and say, 
You sit here in a good place. And to the poor person, you stand over there or sit on the floor. If so, have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil motives? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, did not God choose the poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom that he promised to those who love him? But have you dishonored? But you have dishonored the poor. Are not the rich oppressing you and dragging you into the courts? Do they not blaspheme the good name of the one you belong to? But if you fulfill the royal law as expressed in this scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. But if you show prejudice, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as violators. For the one who obeys the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. Now, if you do not commit adultery but do commit murder, you have become a violator of the law. Speak and act as those who will be judged by a law that gives freedom. For judgment is merciless for the one who has shown no mercy, but mercy triumphs over judgment. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but does not have works? Can this kind of faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed or and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm, and eat well, but you do not give them what the body needs, what good is it? So also faith, if it does not have works, is dead, being by itself. But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one? Well, well and good. Even the demons believe that, and tremble with fear. But would you like evidence, you empty fellow, that faith without works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? You see that his faith was working together with his works, and his faith was perfect, perfected by works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Now Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness, and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith that is alone. And similarly, was not Rahab the prostitute also justified by works when she welcomed the messengers and sent them out by another way? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. And there's James uh, making it clear to us that you can say you have faith, you can say that you believe in God, but if your actions and your daily life does not show love for your neighbor, then your faith is probably dead or non-existent, not really real. And we go back to the kind of situation we saw in the book of Jeremiah. And so because of Jesus and his grace and his mercy, James says, in result of God's love for us, we should live a life of justice, of caring for those in need, of loving our neighbors. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996 2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music.